At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, my confidant, my sweet-ass, brilliant, emotional confidant. Welcome to another episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. I am your host, Kelsey Dara, and I'm so excited for this week's guest. How do, how do I describe how we met? You are a friend of my best friend who's also coming over the second we stop recording to do a video with me and then the second he stops recording that video with me he's going to a movie with you that friend is Zach Noe Towers I'm so excited to introduce this week's guest clinical psychologist J.D. Bartek hello I love that who needs an audience when we've got just raucous applause yes raw talent over here Mm -hmm. um Zach Nui Towers is our mutual who yeah. I feel like what a mutual to have in common. Uh, Zach, everyone knows he's been on the podcast a million times, uh, co-host of Dating No Filter, host of his own podcast, Good Morning Sodomites, which I want to start the podcast by talking about his podcast that you were on because, oh my God, I thought I was going to have this like very specific laid out questions about what it's like to be a therapist, a young, good looking therapist in today's society, what the queer experience is like as a therapist. And then I started listening to Zach's podcast where you were a guest this morning. And I think the title was called Dicks Everywhere. And the first thing I learned about is were you on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I was. Yeah, I was on. <laughs> I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in the middle of COVID. Like deep, deep COVID times, like yeah. Stop. No audience. How who was wants that? To be a millionaire. Don't shake Jimmy Kimmel's <laughs> hand. Who wants to be a millionaire? Not because Jimmy Kimmel's not realize... a millionaire. Because COVID. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I did not realize Jimmy Kimmel was the host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire now. Yeah. And how is he? Spill the tea. I mean, here's the thing. I I I know Jimmy Kimmel as like, you know, very straight man show. You know, host of Late Night and the Oscars and things where, yes. where like he's not really in my Venn diagram of things I pay a yes. lot of attention to. <laughs> um, that he could not have been cooler. Like he was Aww. so like that is a queer ally right there. He wanted me to make some money and that felt very clear. Um, it was yeah, it was really fun. Uh, he like between between commercial breaks would just like talk to me and was like really focused Aww. on like getting to know me I thought and and you know we've, I, I've been in LA a long time when you meet a famous yeah. person particularly they're at work I was like I don't expect you to be no my friend like I don't expect you to be right. rude certainly but like I don't you don't have to like we don't and I walked talk away from that being me. like are we friends like should I should I dm him on instagram and be like hey it's me from that show remember me you gave me I a mean bunch did of money. you dm him no I didn't I didn't. <laughs> you had to keep it cool. You had, had to, to keep, keep it, it cool. chill. Yeah. Wait, 
Are you allowed to tell me if you're a millionaire now? Or do you have to like oh, point aired. people to go watch the show? Oh, no. I mean, no. Uh, actually. Tell me! Yeah, I did not win a million dollars. I I I won uh, $250,000, though. <laughs> Bitch, so you're a quarter millionaire! I mean, before taxes, a year ago. So, I let's... let's <laughs> That I don't know that I would. All right, call so myself. you're back to regular. I'm you're totally much, normal. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm regular status. Although, as somebody who just finished, like I graduated with my doctorate in 2020, and I gotta say, yes. like I I don't know a lot of my peers that paid for school on loans that actually have some money hey. in savings. So hey. is it okay? That's actually you're an anomaly. Then you've actually come out up somehow. That's yeah. Pretty oh, amazing. I still owe all of my loans, but I've got I've got a <laughs> savings account which I didn't really have before, so that's nice. There you go. And were you a fan of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? How did that come about? I know this is not anything about what oh, I was actually brought you on the podcast to talk about, but I'm so fucking fascinated. Well, it's, and it's a weird thing. Like, it's such a bizarre experience. So I, uh, I mean, I'm 35. And so like when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire happened, it was like the, the craze that swept the nation. It was appointment television. Yes. So, I, I mean, I was like 12 or 13 when this happened. And I, I, I uh, have always considered myself to be a very bright person to the degree where as a child, I was like, I will win a million dollars. Fun yeah. fact. <laughs> I did not win a million dollars. And I also have learned a lot about the limits of my intelligence that I didn't have at 12. Um, but I, uh, yeah, so I always kind of have liked trivia and things. And then a friend in the middle of like, it was like July 2020 was like, I just yeah. applied to be on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And I was like, send me that link. And she sent me the link and I was like laying in bed at like 7.30 in the morning and I filled out this Stop. application and I forgot about it because as, as anybody yeah. in LA knows, anytime you submit yourself for anything, the best thing you can do is forget you've done it. Yes. Amen. And then I got a call like two or three weeks later that was like, hi, this is so-and-so from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. We'd love to talk to you. And then I had to do this whole screening process. I went on the show yes. and it is yes. the most hectic, surreal two hours of your life because it was only two hours well uh probably i was on the lot for four right a lot longer yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i was on the lot for about because four. it's only 15 questions 15 questions total i mean doo -doo -doo -doo. what do you yeah. think the answer is <laughs> talk it through think it out like the lights are there there's like yes. music pinging the floor is glowing and like a very famous person a very famous person is looking you very. in the eye calling you by name and saying that this multiple choice question oh is worth $500,000. And you're like, Oh my God, that's not a thing. That's not like, this so is it, not normal. And so it, it, that like, I actually, my friends who watch the show are like, you don't seem nervous at all. And I really, by the time you're there, it's sort of like, this is a fake thing. Like th that's yeah. It, because the stakes of, answering a multiple choice question for half a million dollars oh is so ludicrous. Yeah. So insane. insane. Wait, can you tell me what question you lost on? Yeah. So it was, Do you remember? It was for half a million dollars. My only regret is that I don't, oh. I never got to know what the million dollar question was, which I just wish. So I got, oh. I got to the 14th question, but, uh, the, wow. Yeah. The, that's a fucking, like, that's a fucking, profile bit yeah. to put in for their like I got to 14th question on who wants to be a villain that's something to fucking write home about I know it. I did okay. in fact okay. I was tied for the highest uh cash grab for a not celebrity this season celebrities I think they get easier who, questions who knows yeah who the fuck 
celebrity, whatever. Uh, what's his name? They, uh, they were probably Roy, fed some Roy answers. Choi won a million dollars. Oh, I love Roy Choi. Yeah, he's, oh, he's very smart. Oh, cool. okay. You know what? Cool. Fine. We'll allow that. Yeah, for charity. Um, yes. Uh, so the question was something to the tune of, and this is on YouTube. You can find it. Actually, I highly recommend oh. people find this YouTube video only to look, like, you don't have to watch it. Just read the comments because it's, or no, maybe it's the $250,000 question. The comments are so absurd on these YouTube videos because people will be like, this guy just wants to hear himself talk and yada, yada, yada. What? In a way we're like, A of all, this is for, a, you know, this question is for hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't rush. B of all, there are <laughs> editors. Like if they want me to talk less, somebody else will they do could've. it. So like. But yeah, please. I didn't know how much of any of this would make it. But the very best one is if you go all the way down to the bottom of one of the videos, somebody just wrote gay. And then it just has <laughs> it just has two likes. There's <laughs> just like two thumbs up. <laughs> Which Wait, I've I'm like shook they didn't like tie that into your story of like you're a gay psychologist in Los Angeles teaching at a university. Like I feel like there that you know, wasn't part of your journey. The, story. It was definitely produced in the sense that like they asked like what was going on in COVID and I talked about, you know, some family mm. stuff, which like everybody had family mm. stuff. And I talked right, about yeah. the you know, the uprisings and everything that were going on. And I did, you know, Black Lives Matter marches, which I said, like, you know, I've been I've been marching in these things. And I get there and the producer's like prepping me and she's like, so you ran and organized the marches for Black Lives Matter. I was like, I did not do that. <laughs> like, I did not. Please do not. Excuse please do not me? say that this white guy is going on TV claiming credit for these. I was like, do not. No, Literally no, 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 no. how you get canceled. I was like, oh I was like, God. no, no. I was, I was feet. I was I was a body. Okay. I was present. Please do not. And, yes. and Jimmy did not. Thank God. Because they also tell you, don't contradict Jimmy. Which right, is, right. I right. mean, which I think to many seems very scary and like dictatorial. But I, I think it's really just the rules but, of improv. Yeah. It's like, say yes. Like, yes. just say yes. It's We don't want to see you disagree. Just always say yes. No. And, because then you get like a, the Dakota Johnson moment with Ellen DeGeneres, whatever uh -huh. the fuck her name is, Dakota, whatever, uh -huh. where it's like, no, Ellen. That, and then you go viral for all the wrong reasons. And that's not why you're there. You're I there mean, to try to win I think people dollars. are six of one half dozen of the other on that. I think people, I think <laughs> some people loved, loved that tension. Love that. It was time for her. Her time was up. Yeah. And, and someday somebody <laughs> will do that to, to Dakota and, and. And we'll all... The circle of life. Yeah. Yeah. It I was, love it. Wait, it okay. So moment. what fucking question okay. did you lose on? Uh, it was it was like, ironically, a no, A-N-O, means yes in which language? And the options were Czech, Arabic, Portuguese, or Korean. A no means wow. yes in Czech, Portuguese, Arabic, or Korean. Can I guess? And then will yeah. you go like, eh. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have any lifelines or 50-50 left? I had one lifeline and it was to ask the host. So I got to ask Jimmy, which I actually felt good about because I was like, Jimmy, you've been yeah. to more places than me. You are richer yeah. than me. So you've traveled more. <laughs> you should know this. Yeah. And he very kindly. <laughs> so did you use it? I did use it. And he very kindly <sighs> said, I'm not going to mess with you on this. I do not know the answer. And I don't want to give you, and, which I appreciate him not trying to like bargain yeah. with my, I mean, it wasn't for half a million dollars. I mean, for, to him, that's like pocket change, but I for know. the stakes. I I'm wonder sure how much he, he made in that two hours while I made. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> Pulling back the curtain. Okay. My guess, and by the way, fucking thanks for nothing, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's why I could never be on this I show. I did get a quarter like, of a million dollars. So, like, thanks for something, Jimmy. So, okay. 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 <laughs> so, thanks for a little bit, Jimmy. Thanks for, like, your day, your week's salary. Um, I would guess check. You're going on to a million dollars. That's the right answer. You're kidding. That's the right answer. What did you say? Well, I walked away. Because you, if you guess and you get it wrong, oh, you lose all your money. right. So I chose to walk away, but then I guessed oh my check. God. I guessed check as well. But, Motherfucker! But the, it's different, right? The stakes of guessing, eh, I'll say check. No. Versus being yeah. like, for half a million dollars. Because if I lost, yeah, no way. I could either walk away with 250 or if I got it wrong, I would leave with 32 Oh, no, that's way too big. Like, as just an intelligent person, you're like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah. You know, I play the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire at Dave & Buster's all the time. And I okay. I probably never gotten past, like, the $10,000. My anxiety way too fucking high. I'd be fearful of, like, looking dumb. Like, did, were you yes. – you felt probably felt good. You were like, I was a two-day episode. I went very far. Like, do you feel pretty confident about so I, your winning? I felt great about winning. I certainly was the day of really, really terrified, especially with what I do for work. That because forever, when someone Googles me, they'll find that, which is fine. Um, (laughs) But my fear was, what if I lose on a hundred dollars and I go viral for being like the dumbest guy? Uh, And then no one ever wants to come see you as a psychologist. Yeah, then I just just like like an idiot forever. I'm. I'm glad you found a way to tie it back into what you're actually here for. I can't believe we spent a whole 10 fucking minutes, but that's just so fascinating. And the fact that you won so much, that's like, I'm really talking to like a special person here, not just because of what you do, but talking to a lucky person. Certainly. It's a good bragging, like party fact when you go to places as your new friend, I would, I will now only introduce you as the guy who won 250 K on who wants to be a millionaire. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, There's not a lot of us, but I, so I'm happy to be in that club. (laughs) uh, I can't wait to watch that episode too. Oh, please do. This is going to make me sound like a real nightmare. So I actually discovered that I have family in LA because of this show. And I discovered it because my second cousin was on Jeopardy. Like the week before I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. You're kidding. No. And he won four times. He was on five nights of Jeopardy. Holy shit. Is that a lot of money? He won won $90,000. Oh, so he's not you. Well, well, here's the thing. He's got all the (laughs) prestige and like just less of a payout. Yeah. Uh, Wait, and you didn't know that was your cousin? Well, so he's my, it's like my our grandparents are siblings. So he's like my second cousin. Got it. He's like, okay. he's from like the fancy, he's from the fancy part of the family. And I'm from Got the like, it. less fancy part of the family. <laughs> just in case anybody listens. And we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I say like. That is so fascinating. Like trash dumpster. Can you edit that out just in case? Just yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 perfect. Yeah, no. I mean like I am originally from, I grew up in Florida. So like whatever okay. that 
says about me as a person, I feel like people are just going to assume anyway, like, and I kind of own it and I take it as part of my, who, what makes me so great. It's why I have such a great personality. I sure as fuck didn't rely on my brain power or my looks. (laughs) That's for sure. I mean, you could rely on both or either. I think. Stop. Stop. Okay. 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 Seriously. Now we're here to talk about what I find fascinating about you, which is we met at Zach's birthday party. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had like immediately gravitated towards you because you were the only person, it was an outdoor birthday party and you were the only person wearing like a fantastic pea coat moment. <laughs> and you were like dressed like you had just come out of like an episode of succession. And I was like, I want to talk to him. Let me like go mosey on over to this person. And I found out you, was it that you had just gotten your, but you had just done something important. I had uh, very recently before then passed my very last licensing exam. And that's a big fucking deal. Congratulations. It, thank you. After a lot of years of grad school. And then it's thousands of hours even after grad school of oh more therapy gosh. experience before you can do all the tests. So, yeah. Yes. And so I started like asking you all these questions about psychology and what it took to become. And I was like, all right, you just got to come on the podcast because you are so like – you are me. I see myself in you. I see you as like a representative of my generation. And I've been someone who's always had older psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists. I've always, I, I try, I never got along with straight men. That never worked out. I had one yell at me once and I was like, oh, this is never going to work. There's something deeper there. I, I, usually had gay male but older mm-hmm. therapists and psychologists and then most recently started dabbling in the 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 women pool of mm-hmm. of psychologists and i don't know where i like i think it's a journey i think it's meant to be kind of like up and down and changed as you go through different stages of your life but then i met you and i was like why do i not have a fucking psychologist like you you are young you are with it you work at a university you work with students like do what <sighs> what like it should should i be how do we get more like you in this field (laughs) well i think there are more and more like me in this field i do think you know psychology i can speak to the psychology training which is a little different than marriage Mm. and family therapy or social work training yes and i can only really speak to it because those are the tests i took and the and the you know the degrees i have you know the training is changing rapidly not rapidly enough uh well the Um, idea of integrating culture and identity mm -hmm. and how to actually affirm the intersectionality of a person is sort of Mm -hmm. new and novel in a way where most of the teaching faculty don't have that experience and most of the people going into this like field now do have that experience so it's Mm -hmm. a strange spot that we're in where i think a lot of new young psychologists and therapists in general are really excited to be highly transparent about their biases, really dig into mm-hmm. the the process of what how to acknowledge their limitations because previously everybody believed that like to be a good therapist you must suspend judgment. And I think mm-hmm. once you say you've suspended judgment, you've actually suspended your ability to assess for your own judgment. Is really what happens because you're not going to you're never going to not judge, right? Like, and so by yeah. the more you learn to actually be like, oh, shit, I am. <laughs> there, there is some racism in there. There is some sexism, some transphobia, some misogyny. There is, mm. there's some gross in here. Mm. And 
let's acknowledge that. Let's let's name that I've got some yuck. And that way, wow. when I have a reaction to something you say, I don't have to yell at you. I'm able to be like, hmm, <laughs> what is this reaction going on in me? So I think there right. are, I think a lot of the new generation of therapists are like me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Does that answer your question? That's very exciting. Oh my God. Yes. I, I mean, I didn't really give you a good enough question. I was just like upset and then just looked to you for answers. But I think the, the, the transition too of like, I mean, you'll probably have to speak more to this about your psychology training, but I find it very interesting that, you know, you, um, uh, work or went to, or, or, uh, I don't, I keep saying teach, but it's not teach. You do psychology at a university yeah. Yeah. with a lot of like young, smart Gen Z people mm -hmm. and the, the people that are teaching about these things are coming from a different generation. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, like, how does the student become the teacher without like offending the teacher? Right? Like, is there, are, did you ever find that you were teaching your teachers things? Yeah, uh, certainly. Well, and, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a queer psychologist. And so there definitely were times where I would be in like my first year of my doctoral program. Somebody would have a question about working with a trans client that they would ask to the professor mm. and the professor would just look at me. And, oh and my that was not because I'm such a brilliant person oh, that year fuck. one in my doctoral program, I was an expert. It's because, sure. and this is the thing that you know, my colleagues of color that people of color in general have been having mm -hmm. for so long. Oh, hey, this thing happened in the news. Let's look at the one black kid in class. Let's look mm -hmm. at the one. Mm -hmm. And I think um, the, 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 there's been an interesting sort of shift in the ways in which people are viewing this, these questions and how to consult and how to learn, because the first mm. thing was to say, it's not an issue. I've got this mastered. Then step two mm. kind of came which was white people or, or people of, of majority identities, basically, mm -hmm. then looking at a marginalized person and being like, hey, teach me about this thing. And mm -hmm. now we're starting to realize the ways in which that is not, in fact, like, yes, admitting your shortcomings and then making someone else teach you it is not an entirely broken yeah. concept. However, doing that over and over <laughs> and over again is really burdensome and is... Right. is not actually resolving the problem. It's letting white people or, you know, pr primarily most of the things that we're talking about these right. days are about white, cis, heterosexual folks. I am mm -hmm. a, a white, genderqueer, but certainly cis-presenting <laughs> person sure. in general. I, I hold most of these majority identities. But it's this idea that we're having to start to do our own work on our own so mm -hmm. that if we have a question, mm -hmm. it better be a good one. And it better be one where the easy stuff has already been figured out on my end. And if I'm going to speak to you right. for consultation, it needs to be really because I've done everything I can do up to this point. And right. now, because, yeah, I mean, I once had somebody, this is, this is a developmentally appropriate question almost. I had a <laughs> grad student who was working with somebody else say, hey, I was told to come and consult with you about this new therapy client I have. And so I just wondered if you could tell me, like, what do I need to know about doing therapy with gay people? confidants i just had to take a quick second pause on the pod one real quick second just to talk about my most favorite thing which is therapy with my most favorite company which is better help y'all know i am constantly preaching about better help which is an online therapy app website you can download right now and get matched with a licensed professional counselor in under 
24 hours because I truly, truly believe in it. I use it every single week. Shout out to my therapist, Kim. And I also do couples therapy from it. It has made my life so much more manageable during this pandemic. And I want all of my confidants to be able to have that accessibility and affordability, which is why I love BetterHelp because it is more affordable than traditional counseling and on other online competitors. And they deal with all sorts of things like anger issues, LGBT, family life, uh, sexuality, relationships, sleeping, trauma, you name it. BetterHelp is there for you, and I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com slash CI. You're going to join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health when you go to BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash CI. Oh, uh, not, a, not, don't. Right. Do, pa- pass, pass. <laughs> right, right. But, and so that level of question of being like, great, no, 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 I'm going to do right by this gay client. I'm going to go talk to a gay therapist and, and he's going to tell me, he's going to tell yeah, me what to and do. And you're like, all of that lived experience that I don't have could yeah. be uh, culminated by one consultation with someone else who has all of that good, juicy stuff right. that I think I'm doing the right thing by asking, but I think the right thing, I mean, I'm assuming the right thing at that point is maybe to say, I'm not right for you. Or, you know, do you, do you, is there like a tip you can give to our listeners of like, maybe they do want to find a therapist that in, they don't exactly align with their gender identity or even their morals or generational, uh, morality to say like, how do you align that with someone you're interviewing or eh? did that I mean, question make sense? Yeah. It makes, you know makes what I, total you know sense. what I meant? Yeah. How, how do you find an identity affirming therapist? It's kind of a, there you go. a big question. Smart yeah. guy. There he is. The 250 K winner. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, the, the more than 250 K government hour. Let's cancel those loans. Please. There you go. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, I think the thing that like, we're always in every relationship in our lives, we're, we're always micro assessing whether people are affirming our identities, right? We're mm-hmm. always listening mm-hmm. to ways. And so I think there's sort of the interesting thing about a therapist is you don't owe them your loyalty ever. Mm. Whoa. Say it again for the people in the back. You, you do not owe your therapist your loyalty. It is wow. up to you whether you want to choose to engage in how to repair if they've done something Mm. that sort of blows Mm. up your relationship. It's up to you. Mm. And sometimes it might be worth it, right? These are, this is healthy boundaries with anybody, right? Like you can have a friend who really fucks up and says something horrible to you and you get to choose whether that is a deal breaker or whether it's a way Mm. you want to move toward them and and invest. And there's no singular response that is always Mm. correct. Obviously there are times you want to move away and there are times you want to move toward So with your therapist, part of it, you're going to have to have a little bit of an open mind, but I would see the ways in which your therapist asks you questions about Mm. yourself. Because, Mm. you know, when I'm talking to somebody, let's say they're, they're, you know, a, a queer person of color, uh, maybe Muslim there, they have different marginalized identities that for me as a white person might spike all of my like, oh, this is different other, you know, Mm. marginalized Mm. 
really sitting with them and being like, okay, great. You named a lot of things. Which ones feel like they're the most salient for you? What, mm. or, or even saying like, okay, you're, you know, a queer Muslim of color. Tell me about that experience. Cause I've got a whole mm. host of assumptions I could make. I'm a doctor of mm -hmm. psychology. I could probably build a whole conceptualization just right. based on what I've assumed right. those identities right. look like for you. So you want right. to sit with somebody who's actually going to be like, so just tell me like, okay, you're okay. Okay. JD, you're a 35 year old white queer man. What, what does that look like? What does that mean? Right? Where are you from? Yeah. Okay. How, how does that play into your identity? How does that play into your values? How does that play into the things? Because mm. Ultimately, I could sit with another 35-year-old white queer man, and mm -hmm. if I just assume, oh, we've got all the same demographics, that so we must have the same values. No, right. No. So I think right. it, it, that it doesn't matter necessarily. You don't have to find somebody who has your shared identities. It can be a nice shortcut. Mm. But you do need to sit <laughs> with somebody who's willing to acknowledge that like they don't fully know your experience, and they're there to learn mm. about it. Now I know what you're thinking, Kelsey, when did you become obsessed with cowboy boots? Well, did you forget that I was raised in Florida? Are you forgetting I'm a little country girl by heart? I even wore my Tacovas recently when I went on a ski trip with my family to Colorado. I wore my white Tacovas when I went to the Taylor Swift concert. And if you didn't think you would need cowboy boots anytime soon, uh, might I remind you that Beyonce just dropped her little country album and you're gonna need some Tacovas. Tacovas is my favorite boot brand and they're bringing a fresh perspective to hair boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. And Tacova's is Western to their core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples, trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, and they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to one of their stores, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. Mm. Yeah, because I was going to ask, like, is, the, is there a line, right, where the, there's too much difference in terms of what... You, but I think it's so individualized, right? Like it's your your comfortability level. It's how you do respond to those questions. It's do you feel like you're leaving the session like, oh, I just became, you know, tokenized to teach this person something or I really got to let a load off my shoulders or I, they really asked the right questions and helped me guide that. Like, is there a universal therapeutic experience or are there like shitty psychologists out there that can really fuck you up and you have to be careful about that <laughs> yes to all of that right so there are shitty therapists there are just yeah. like just like any any healing or helping profession right there are surgeons who got who went into this so they get to say that so they get to play god they get to feel the power yeah. of a scalpel yada 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 right yeah, they're not there necessarily. They're there for their own because there's such prestige in being a surgeon. Right. 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 And there are surgeons that are there because their dad died from an avoidable <laughs> like heart, yeah. heart failure that could have been saved. Right. And they've dedicated yeah. their life to saving other people's deaths. Right. right. Yeah. And and everybody in between. 
right? And and so mm-hmm. there, and then within that, you can even be in it for the wrong reasons, but still be really good at what you're doing and still be really mm. helpful. So mm. therapies, therapists are exactly like teachers, right? Like you can have amazing transformative experiences with mm. three, four, five different teachers throughout your education. And it's mm-hmm. not to say that any one of those is a better teacher than the other. It's you met them where you were at. They, they saw you, they worked with you for as long as you were together. Mm-hmm. And then, right. you know, you can move on and you can take pieces of them with you in therapy. You can come back to them if you want. But so I don't think that there's a single rule of mm. who you click with the most. I will say um, I work at a university with a very diverse student body. Um, mm. And I've had really um, great experiences, at least on my end, with a mm. very diverse number of students. Some of them, I think, are really enriched by our differences. There can be advantages mm. of me not looking like the people in your family who you fear the judgment sure. for. And I get to kind of exist Ooh. as this fairy godmother outside. Um, and then there <laughs> sure. are reasons why, um, you know, why you would want somebody who has those same identities. A lot of people right. seek me out as a queer therapist because I understand the queer experience. I mean, one of my yeah. clients is a straight black woman who specifically requested a white gay man because she was like, I just feel like I always get along with gay guys and that just feels comfortable <laughs> for me. And so that was what she I sought mean, out. And we have a yeah. great working relationship. Yeah, so I mean, that herself. I I was the only woman on an all, I mean, I identify as queer, bisexual, and I was the only woman in an all, I mean, you know, Varsity Gay League, the VGL, yeah, I'm yeah. sure, being mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. I was like the only woman in the entire league one year. And I was like, is this a problem? Like, A, am I taking up space? And B, what the fuck does that say that I am just like so much more comfortable with queer men than like women? Because is it that I'm intimidated by women and I don't see men as intimidating or like I don't see men that I know aren't sexually attracted to me? Like it was a whole year of me every bowling league uh, Monday night being like, hey, can I sit down with you for five minutes and like talk about something? Like I and I it I'm glad that the world has changed enough to where, you know, maybe that isn't such a big deal anymore you know i'm avoiding saying the word fag hag obviously like i'm i'm avoiding that but to me it's just so much more normal and it's not such a big fucking deal whereas like you know seven eight nine years ago when it started it felt so like well i think you're speaking though to like a real dynamic that like there's a word for it there's a cute little rhymy term for it not because it's uncommon right and and that's the thing but but and and cliches don't become cliches because they're rare right like they right but but i do think like there is something to be said for the relationships between gay men Mm -hmm. and women and in general gay men Mm -hmm. and women that is powerful and safe and sacred yes <laughs> in that there there's such an amazing bond to you and i are allies in mm. such a way where we can see one another we can get what the other one is into and looking toward uh-huh. but in a way in which we feel so secure together yes and so uh. i think that that is um not not necessarily a bad thing i think if you yeah. find yourself only being able to build strong yeah. relationships with gay men you know, there, there's yeah. the work in the therapy about like, what, right. what does it say about your <laughs> feelings of safety around straight men or around queer women? Right. Right. Or around and straight I think women. It, 
it totally and it had to do with the fact too that i didn't feel comfortable with yeah. gay women because i was bi and i was living in this like i felt too intimidated to go this way i certainly felt too intimidated to go talk about i would never talk about this with straight men but I, it, exactly to your point like i've embraced it as such like a good thing now and i'm yeah. not afraid of it anymore um but something you said when you were talking made me think of like what was, you know, you said some people get into being a surgeon because they want that God power and some people do it because their dad, you know, died and they're trying to save everyone's dad. Like, what was your experience into getting into clinical psychology? Because you've been in L.A. such a long time and like, yeah, oh, my gosh, that must have not been an easy road. This was it must have been a long road. Yeah, Almost it was as long about, as, I yeah. started my master's in psychology in January of 2012. So I am literally closing out 10 years. Wow. Oh, and I just got licensed, shit. so it's um yeah yeah. So congratulations, it's been a thank you. Huge deal. Uh, so this is a bit of a, a journey for me. So I grew up in a, like a very waspy, we don't talk about mm. feelings household. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, and so when I was uh, about twenty-two, I lived a very blessed life just in terms of like bad a, a lot of bad things didn't happen to me i mean i grew up mm. queer in flint michigan which mm. was not necessarily easy oh. but in terms of oh. like capital b bad things capital t sure. trauma i didn't really have yeah, a lot of mm. and when i was 22 i was living in la and my dad got really really sick and mm. like in a way where we didn't know what was going on we didn't understand mm. it and i had you know kind of a wouldn't say strained relationship with my dad because strain requires like focus and energy, just sort of a, an interestingly, like <laughs> sure. we, we coexist nearby uh, right. fairly sure. comfortably, but not, sure. not super close. Um, and my dad got really sick and we didn't think he would ever get better. And mm. I was just sort of sitting in this space of like, mm. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to identify what I'm feeling. I don't know how to mm. feel what I'm feeling. I don't know how to talk about what I'm feeling. I was living with mm. my best friend, one of the closest friends I've ever had in my life at the time uh, we were living together. And I remember being like, okay, I have to tell her that this is going on with my dad because it's weird and messed mm. up mm -hmm. if something this big is happening to me and I haven't told my person. Oh, yeah. And yeah. So I remember telling her, I was like, Emily, my dad's really sick. We don't know what's going on. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'll tell you when I do. Because mm. I was sort of like, I had no idea. Yeah. And so then um, a couple weeks later, I went up to where I, I went to college up near Seattle and sat down with one of my mentors from college. And she had recently been diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And I was talking Jeez. to her and I was like, okay, can I ask like a kind of a weird question whenever you talk to somebody and and i'd gotten a lot of this like people say like oh it's gonna be okay you're gonna get through this you're gonna whatever 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 mm -hmm. and it all really made me angry like it was really frustrating mm -hmm. to me because i was like i'm a very literal person and it really sure. bothered me and i was yeah. like marta has anybody actually said anything to you that helped Ooh. and she was like you know my mother-in-law I called her and I told her I had cancer and she just took a deep breath and was like, shit. <laughs> and that 
Like just having somebody else、mm. just be like, shit, shit. Not、yeah. you're so strong. Not you're gonna get through this. Not any of the things、sure. that move off of the feeling, but actually just、mm. being like, this sucks. Yeah, this fucking sucks. This sucks, and that like、Sitting、really、up. clicked for me. Where I was like, wow, yes. That's what、wow. I wanted, and at the time I was I was dating somebody really lovely who was like fighting so、mm. hard to help take care of me in a way where、mm. he wanted to fix it and he wanted to like, and it was、oh, one of those things where it was like,、sure. no, just just let me be, things be, and yeah. and um, yeah, and so that really was like one of the kind of moments where I was like, okay, yeah, I think that that's what therapy can be, and I think that's what I、wow. want to do is just. When somebody comes in, I don't have to fix them. All I have to do is be、wow. be with them. Wow! And sometimes they are coming and saying, "Fix me, fix me, fix me," and I'm the、yeah. one who has to be like, <laughs> "Let's sit still." And sometimes they're coming in with all this stuff, and I'm the one who wants to be like, "Let me.、Uh, how do I fix it? How do I change、yeah. it? How do I whatever?" And 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 I have to remind myself because again, I'm the one being paid to be there to yeah, right to actually be like, "Okay, how do we first?" Hold hold the emotion before we try to、right. move off of it. Oof!、Yeah. I mean, I I saw it. I mean, I reference TikTok pretty much every episode of this podcast, and it's running. It's, I think it's fantastic. I think therapy talk is amazing.、Mm-hmm. Um, but there was one I saw the other day that taught. It was a girl who was like, "Today, my therapist taught me how to actually feel my feelings、mm-hmm. for the first time,、mm-hmm. and it was like, it wasn't about here and thoughts and like you are not your thoughts and da 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 da. It was like, what does it actually feel like in our bodies?、Mm-hmm. What are you? Fe- where are you feeling it? And I was like, oh my god! Like you know, it was a, that same mind blowing moment where I was like, holy shit, fuck." Mitochondria being the powerhouse of the cell, we do not need to learn that shit in high school. We need to be taught how do we feel a feeling, because that's what leads to. I mean, I, toxic masculinity was like the only thing that came up because I just think of all the boys I remember in high school who would like cry at the same time as like punching someone in the parking lot. You know, where you're just like, oh, we all need to learn how to actually feel that feeling. But I think it's really amazing that at 22. That's such a the age you learned that kind of epiphanal is epiphanal a word? I, we makes, can make it a word. It makes sense. So therefore, I think like, it counts. <laughs> therefore, we say it is here.、Um, that that's a that's a pretty profound thing to to like activate. I think for a twenty two year old. Well, I think it's developed since then. I'm a thirty five year old now talking about this sort of sure this sort of、yeah. idea that that、um, yeah. that I was kind of introduced to. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing you're speaking to, though, right? This、uh, this ability to feel your feelings, you know,、mm. the the idea that you can't handle your feelings is like the、Oof. underlying mechanism under almost all mental illness. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Specifically, anxiety. Most clearly, most presently, anxiety is the、Tell、idea. That something bad might happen that I won't be able to handle. Therefore, what is everything I can do to prevent it? And if ever,、yes. and, and what most people don't realize is that things like ruminating and constantly fixating on something is your brain trying to do something. It's your brain working really hard to fix the problem by preventing it by obsessing over it. And so it's and, and、wow. when ultimately the the thing that you're actually just believing in is that you. 
are not capable of tolerating whatever pain might come Ooh. because of the thing. That's it. JD, I think you just broke down, like, the cracked open my head in a way that, like, I've never been able to explain. Like, the, the, the fear of having fear mm-hmm. and the... Uh, the loomingness, the con- like I couldn't really explain anxiety for a long time. And, and my sister said it when I was home for Thanksgiving last week, she was like, yeah, it's just this constant dread that something bad is going to happen. And I was like, yes, I also, I think I had mentioned this to you when we first met that I had just gotten off of all of my mental health medications mm-hmm. to try microdosing. Mm-hmm. I, I, spoiler alert to all the confidants. I had to go back on my okay. medication because. It was fun the days that I was microdosing. I would end up naked in my backyard, like painting or something, or like doing dance or some weird shit, or like in my Oculus. But every other moment and every other day was just like this open hearted wound that I was like, oh no, I exactly what you're saying, where I didn't feel capable of handling what was. Mm-hmm. open and exposed to the point where I was like Googling some, you know, like week long IOPs to maybe do over the holiday just for my OCD esque mm-hmm. symptoms. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have the hair pulling and mm-hmm. I have the rumination and shit like that. Um, all of that to say, I think I am a perfect example of probably a lot of the people you see. And I want to talk about with what, time we have left i can't believe how fucking fast this has gone by the way um your fantastic interview if no one's ever told you that which is interesting because you probably spend a lot of time listening but you also do a really good time oh, talking um is, i want to talk about like i love to talk <laughs> and you know what i'm gonna go and comment about those motherfuckers if there's anyone that's like a keyboard warrior it's me i've been on the internet for 11 years mm-hmm. um I want to talk about like what does your clientele look like right now? What do they experience? What are you finding that people are coming in and talking to you about? Because I think you've probably got such an interesting herd of folks. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of what you're talking about and a lot of your experiences are really similar to what a lot of the people I'm I'm seeing are having. And I I do want to mm. I, I want to tie this into what you just said and name when you're talking about the the power of not the 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 overwhelming experience of not being medicated and not being able to handle Mm. these things in a in a way that feels sustainable right yeah and that is because this fear part of your brain is a highly attuned evolved part (laughs) of your of our heads that is designed to keep us from being eaten by bears and snakes mm. and thunderstorms and droughts Ooh. and earthquakes and all of those things. So the part of our brain that is close, most closely tied to our survival as a species, mm. Mm. we are now in a time and place where our day-to-day life and death struggle survival is not present. But the part of your brain, the, the, mech- the organ in your brain is the same size as it was when we were running from leopards. That's crazy. So it makes total sense that our anxiety now, and when people are like, well, you know, so many years ago, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, and it's like, yeah, because people were constantly dying because people were like, (laughs) because everything was so much more unstable that our anxiety actually had work to do. It had places to go. Mm. It's almost like these autoimmune disorders where we see people being like, Mm. oh, your body doesn't have enough to fight. It's fighting itself. That wow, is what yeah. this like really, really overwhelming anxiety is. So I, 
mm. encourage you in your space mm. and in your ways to work with your brain to be like, okay, brain, what mm. are you doing right now? And why are you doing mm. it? And how do I actually understand mm. that your anxiety is not your brain working? Your anxiety is your brain working too much. Trying to fix. She, and like, love that. Be like, thank you, brain, but not right now. Yeah. I'm okay. Thank you. you hey, Softness. brain, you are trying to keep me so fucking safe right now. And I want to like, thank you. It is this like overbearing parent, right? Where it's like, you are trying, yes. you are trying so hard to make me successful that you are abusing me. <laughs> All right, Helicopter brain? parenting my own brain. Yeah, kind of. And so yeah. this is a lot yeah. of what I do. I mean, I work at a very prestigious high achieving mm -hmm. university. And so, so high many students, very high yes. functioning. And I mean, what's interesting and what I love about working at universities as well is this age between like 18 and 25, which is like 90% of who I see. There are some grad students mm. that are older than that, but mainly, or some non-traditional undergrads as well, but mainly 18 mm. to 25, that is where like 80% of mental illness emerges. Yes. including bipolar disorder, including mm -hmm. OCD, including... So mm -hmm. a lot of these things are emerging right around then. And mm -hmm. so it's a really interesting time, and I, and I enjoy the work because I see mm. people with... I, am, I become sort of a jack-of-all-trades, a master of mm. a few, a master of some mm. that I'm pretty, pretty competent in, but then there are things like eating disorders where, like, I'm able to see mm. somebody with an eating disorder and assess whether I will be helpful or whether they need a specialist. But like, it's, it's mm. nice to me that every person who comes through the door is different, is coming in with different yeah. things and I get to sort of meet them where they are. So I learn so much by being there. Um, yeah. But also the thing that I love about being there is 99% of the time being particularly in that kind of setting, people are there, they are coming into my office because they want to get better. And they, and they are at an amazing age where these little things, where if you plant these seeds now, it mm. can really grow into something that I wish I had had. I mean, I was in my own therapy at 30 being told mm. that like my GPA in high school, maybe I don't need to still carry shame about that mm. in a way that I was like, interesting. Uh. <laughs> that weight. Yeah, oh, just like below, and so the more we can start planning, you know, and th these are things that I'd probably heard with different therapists throughout my life, but it sure. takes that, it's the day that the seed's actually able to germinate is, mm -hmm. is its own day, right? And that, yeah. that kind of experience. So it's really amazing to me to get to just sit down with people and name like, you are not your thoughts, right? Or, mm -hmm. or, or really starting to build. One of my favorite things to do is really just help people to understand what real self-care looks like and how Ooh. you can run or exercise or eat healthy out of self-care or you can run or exercise or eat healthy because you think you're a fat piece of shit. And those things can Ooh. look the same and you can be like, I work out as self-care. Check the box when all you're doing is perpetuating this belief that you are worthless or that you don't deserve love or that you, whatever it is. So this one of my, uh, just like starting the conversation with people about like, Hey, are you sitting down all day watching Netflix and binging it because you give you're giving yourself rest and you're rewarding yourself with that? Mm. Or are you doing it because you don't want to write this paper and every episode that goes by, you have more and more anxiety about that paper that you mm. need to write. And so mm. this self care day is actually making your life harder. And, and both things JB. can exist. 
Is it conflict of interest for me to start seeing you as a psychologist? I know you're expensive because you're fucking worth it. But like, like, this is why I wanted to have this episode because you just understand a different generation. Like these kinds of things. I can't talk to my like mm-hmm. older woman therapist who's like a mom who like I love, but just I'm not getting that direct like plugged in connection like what you are talking about because you are us. You know, like I'm sure your clients see themselves in you a lot. And it's such a nice thing to hear. Like, it's just such a breath of fresh fucking air. But like, seriously, are you taking clients? (laughs) I I am. uh, I am taking clients. I think you and I can work together as friends. And I'm happy to to over coffee, talk through all of these. Honestly, you'll get the the zero dollar friend special oh, i get that that, di- that free 99 and honestly like uh, zach being our mutual friend connection is my favorite thing because i have the best fucking time in the world whenever i hang out with him and so if we're all hanging out together like i cannot fucking wait there are fewer people like purer and more like open to the world than zach noe towers it's annoying He's i tell so him all funny. the time i'm like you're annoyingly like a good person and and actually like <laughs> It's it's amazing that somebody can be that funny and that non-judgmental because most comedy I feel like comes from this place of judgment and he like manages dark, dark dark hurt he too to just like be such a yeah just, like it's hard to annoying I can't I really can't think of and he has such a nice butt like good for him the best butt like such a good butt the, he's he's living his truest form at whatever he just turned 30 whatever like i wish i'm so happy for him i wish i could introduce like a 13 year old zach noe towers to an adult (laughs) zach noe towers and be like let me tell you about this guy let me tell you what he did and i bet 13 year old would be both thrilled and also horrified (laughs) and like horny too for himself i feel like like, biggest self-advocate it would be so much of like you can't say that out loud you can't say that. And That's such a good impression. Here. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I love that I get to tell him we just like gagged over him for the last couple minutes of the yeah. podcast. But JD, like seriously, Doctor Barton, mm-hmm. excuse me. Um, this was so fantastic. I don't know if it's proper to say like where can people find you because that's how I always end this. But like, where would you like to be found, if at all? Yeah, I would. I would love to be found. Um, especially, <laughs> uh, I am very excited. So I, you can go to my website, which is drjdbarton.com. Um, I, I will be uh, taking a small number of private practice clients. Um, you can reach out through that. Uh, I also am on Instagram at Dr. JD Barton. And uh, I will be actually, if y'all really want to be extra cute and cool, one of my yes. best friends is a PhD in uh, cognitive neuroscience. And she and I are starting a podcast. That is called Real Psych, R-E-E-L Psych. And every week we are watching a different movie and being like, what the hell is going on with these people's brains? Stop. (laughs) You have to come on my other podcast then. I do a movie and TV show podcast with my two dude comic friends. That would be the perfect guest. Obsessed. Yeah. We, yeah. And just, we're, we're, it's just a fun thing where we're sort of like, we have all this education. Let's just make like really under, like underdeveloped assumptions about like <laughs> our first episode is uh is 
runaway bride and like what the hell is she doing oh, and what is going perfect. on with her and like her amygdala right now is giving the flight or flight response yeah exactly we're <laughs> and we're you know they're fake people so we'll we'll yeah it's not so we you would say whatever you want ethically it's not a good look to do this about real people uh no. but it, it's just kind of two of us having kind of a fun dumb time together so real sight. And is that out yet that is dropping on january 1st the the trailer will be out this week so if you could, please, if you're listening to this, go and subscribe beforehand. Yes. I promise if you hate it, you can unsubscribe. But uh, yeah. having subscribers as you launch is like the best thing we can do to actually Huge. help ourselves. Yes. So if you and, and you want to tap a friend, um, that would yes. be so, so, so amazing. Um, and Perfect. that'll be coming January 1. So in just a few weeks. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Doc. All of that will be linked below. Confidants, you know how we are in this family. Go out there, subscribe, give them, show them some love. Um, speaking of showing people love and subscribing, if you haven't given this podcast five stars, what are you doing here? And if it's not going to be five stars, please don't rate it at all because I'm very sensitive. I have very bad anxiety. You know that I can't handle anything less than perfection. Uh, you can reach us at Confidently Pod on all the socials. Make sure to go follow JD at Dr. God, how dare I after all those years? Dr. JD. I mean, it's brand new. It's only been a year, so it's cool. Okay, fair. I'm getting, I'm letting it slide a little bit. Fine. Um, and we'll see you next week's Confidants. Bye.